0: Going on there, youth workers. Paul Turner here from the discipleproject.net here with another episode of the Youth Ministry of Motion Podcast, the podcast that wants to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. How are you today? How's your week? How's your weekend? I hope everything is going excellent. If you're brand new here to the podcast, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you being a part today and checking it out. If you are enjoy by the end uh, what you're hearing, well, then be sure to go and click that subscribe button and you won't miss an episode. And if you're a regular, as always, I appreciate your time, your attention. A lot of you are listening out there, have to tell you, um, I'm, I'm proud of you guys. Thanks for, thanks for stepping up and listening to the podcast and staying faithful and joining every week, committed to learning, committed to showing up and, uh, and getting some encouragement and getting uh, maybe some tips and some ideas because that's what I want to do. I want to encourage you. So let me offer a few shout outs uh, to some of those that are listening. Top listeners, uh, Make Good Trouble. I like that. Make Good Trouble. I like that title. And uh, Saki Jin or Seikijin. Thank you for listening. I apologize if I'm butchering your name. Uh, top cities, uh, Raleigh, Kernersville, and Apex. I think these are all around South South Carolina, North Carolina, somewhere around up in there. But wherever it is, you guys are putting in the listens. Good for you. Way Way to do the homework, guys. Appreciate you. And lastly, top countries. Top countries, U.S., the U.K., and Germany. And wherever you're listening from around the world, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part. And thank you for doing youth ministry wherever you are, whatever part of the world you are in. Young people everywhere need leaders like you stepping up and sharing the gospel and discipling them and creating good youth ministries wherever you are so that uh, so the church can move forward. And if you're listening to this on a Sunday, which is normally when I like to post, it is the day before Halloween, and that is here in the United States. And uh, it is uh, fall weather and uh, all kinds of decorations are out. I got my big old candy bowl ready for uh, the little goblins to come and uh and throw some candy in their bags i don't know last year my wife and i did it together and i would stand behind her and i had a uh uh, luchador mask wrestling mask and the kids would come to the door and my wife would my wife is so pleasant and so wonderful and she goes out there She says, oh hey guys how's it going and then i come up from behind and just uh and just move into my wrestling mode and just take on this wrestling character what are you doing at my door this is my door and i'm gonna body slam you if you give you take all my candy and kids would freak out <laughs> my wife is so nice and I'm just such a jerk face about it. <laughs> I, have to, I have to do a little bit just to uh, kind of get it out of my system, but always a good time, always some fun. And since it is uh, Halloween, the scary time, I thought a good session would be to talk about overcoming the fear of failure. I don't know about you, but uh, I have failed a lot. Um, I don't know if I can't say I've overcome it completely, but surely I have mitigated my fears because I keep just plugging forward and trying new things and new ideas and all that kind of good stuff. So before I jump into today's uh, content today, I want to tell you about two resources that may help you overcome your fear of failing. And the first is my monthly mentor. And that is a monthly coaching that I offer. And uh, I sit with youth pastors and we talk and we share and we get down to the nitty gritty. And I find that when youth pastors can sit and talk and be honest and be authentic and start really revealing uh, some of these things about, maybe it's about fears, uh, about programming, about uh, just abilities, skills, whatever it may be. You know, I find that's just to be healthy. I find youth workers, you know, like yourself embrace that. And so I want to invite you to be a part of this My Monthly Mentor. If you're needing some encouragement, if you don't want to just sit in your office and run your, you know, fingers through your hair or pull your hair out, uh, because you are uh, just consumed with this idea that you're not good enough or, you're a failure or, you know, you're, you're doubting yourself and you say, I need, I, I would like to have uh, a group of people to say, look, I, I need some community. I need some, uh, some people to share in so I can, you know, feel a little bit better about myself where, where you're going to hear stories of people who don't have it always right. And, uh, and who experience failure, and who, who mess things up. And it's important that we know that there are other people out there who experience the same things we do. So if you are interested in monthly coaching, My Monthly Mentor, I'll put a link down in the description below. The second resource I'd like to offer you is called uh, My Youth Ministry Playbook. And My Youth Ministry Playbook is all about planning. Now, you may think that I need a planner. And you you may, and I encourage that because uh, 2023 is right around the corner. And you may be saying, well, I I need to plan, Paul. I need to be a better planner for 2023. Well, this resource will help you plan. It will actually give you the resources and the tools. It comes with the calendars. It comes with articles. Uh, I'm updating it even as uh, I'm speaking now. I'm updating uh, some of the resources in there, some of the things you're going to get in there. You're going to get articles. You're going to get worksheets. You're going to get all the things you're going to need to do the planning to help you build a successful youth ministry. That's the goal. Is that you have a resource in your hand, something you actually work out, yes, on paper with a pen and you actually sit there and write this thing out and be able to look at this thing, uh, you know, from 30,000 feet to where you are helping yourself for the future to plan events, to plan meetings, All those things to be able to, uh, you know, mitigate any kind of failures you may have in the future. I find that people who fail to plan, plan to fail. And so I would encourage you to check out this resource. I'll put a link down in the description below. Both of these resources, My Monthly Mentor, the Youth Ministry Playbook, are there for you for the taking Uh, So that you can become the kind of youth pastor you want to be, build a successful youth ministry, disciple more students, reach more students. That's the goal, introducing young people to Jesus uh, through creative programming, uh, through whatever ideas that God has put in your heart. And you'll be able to flesh them out so that uh, so that you can move forward and have an impact on the lives of students. All right. So let's go and jump into today's topic, which is overcoming the fear of failure. And listen, failure is never fun. But without it, you'll never learn or grow. But how do you keep your failures from drowning you in negativity and self-loathing? Because I think that's why we all fear failure is because this overwhelming sense of not good enough comes over us when we do fail. And then we doubt everything. We doubt our callings. We doubt our abilities. We doubt doubt our skills. And it doesn't matter whether you have a degree or not have a degree. That doesn't matter. We're human beings. If you fail, in fact, I would say people who have a degree who paid $40,000 for something and fail tend to be harder on themselves because they paid all that money to get a degree to do something and and they're not successful in it or at least one part of it or something they did that uh, I think we all have that sense of we should have known better. I think we can all can agree that that the fear of failure limits us from trying new things because if we are afraid to fail, we don't want to try anything new. We don't want to try that thing. We want to keep with what is standard. We don't want to, you know, rock the boat, if you will. But I would say if we're not trying new things, then we're, we're missing an opportunity to maybe reach new students or uh, to grow our youth ministry or to uh, really uh, increase our faith in a lot of ways. Um, because if we're trying the same old thing, well, there's no reason to have faith because you've already tried it, you've already tested it, you've already done it. And so you, you're, you tend to, or we tra- tend to transfer our faith into our experience rather than uh, keep our faith in the Lord who, uh, who is in charge of all things. So let me start with this is that, and you listen, you may not want to hear this, but youth ministry is a numbers driven business. Because if you do meetings, events, or outreaches, The question will always be how many came or how many showed up or any number of variations. And if the numbers are down, you will have to be accountable for that. And this does not need to sound as ominous as it does. Okay? An event audit can tell you a lot about why an event succeeded so you can implement the data for the next event or where you failed and why so you don't have to repeat it. Now, let me share an example of a recent failure. And I put that in quotations I had in planning a youth costume party for this Halloween. And here's what I learned from it. The first is this, I had to put my failure in context. You say, Paul, why do you want to talk about your failures, especially on a podcast that's listened to a lot of people? Because listen, there's no, no sense in me talking about all my successes Because, uh, you know, we don't learn anything a lot of times from our successes. We learn from our failures. And I'm willing to be uh, at least a little bit vulnerable, even even I'm not talking about something that happened like 10 years ago. I'm talking about something that happened this month. And uh, I want to share with you because I think there's a lot of you uh, that are in the same boat. And I hope that, uh, you know, the things that I am learning um, will be beneficial to you in the process. Now, I put the word failures, when I talk about my failure, I say, look, this is in parentheses because very few things are complete failures. And so maybe if you're saying, well, how do I overcome my uh, fear of failure? Paul?" Well, first of all, I'm going to say, do like I did and put your failure in context. If you can learn something from failed events, outreaches, et cetera, then it's not a complete failure. As the title of John Maxwell's uh, book aptly expresses, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Now, sometimes whatever you were in charge of is going to be a failure. And that failure is always your responsibility. You notice I did not say that the failed event was your fault. I said that you have to be responsible for it. There are reasons something fails and there are excuses we make for why it fails. The key is being able to take responsibility for what is ours without excuses and separate them from the reasons something failed. So let me go and jump into then my event. My event was a failure of insight. Let me share the context of my failed event to better illustrate. In January, January of 2022, I took on the role of a part-time youth pastor at a small church that was just devastated by COVID and other things. And I've only been there 9 months. Uh, I've I've been doing this for the youth ministry for 30 years and I am still learning the rhythms of the youth ministry, the church, the community. Now these are reasons, not excuses, as to why I did not plan well enough to have this event become what I thought it should have been. See, the max amount of students I serve are 12. That's the number. On average, five to eight students will show up for a youth meeting. I planned, along with them, a Disney costume party. It's pretty cool. I thought it was a great idea. I, I had done this event in the past one other time. And so I thought I would plan this again with this group to see what they could do with it. So the event was scheduled for the Wednesday before Halloween. And I, like you, even after the 30 years of youth work that I've been in, can still be fooled by students' enthusiasm, right? They will tell you they're excited about it, or they will tell you they're coming. Listen, we can all still be fooled By that kind of enthusiasm. Now, I should have tempered my expectations while still having faith that God would inspire students to step up. Now, let me offer a detailed uh, list here of my fail event and and where I think I I did not do well here. So, why why do I consider this event a failure? First of all, number one, only five of a possible twelve showed up. So I feel what you feel when the numbers are not there. When you feel like you have put your best effort forward, you have done the planning, you have done what you're supposed to do. uh, At least you feel like you have, and then the numbers aren't there. And so the second reason I consider this uh, event a failure is that zero students from the community showed up. I had done uh, several postings in, you know, on Facebook where, uh, you know, what's happening in my town, these Facebook groups, which I still think is a valid form of, uh, of promotion and marketing. Uh, but I, I thought I would at least get three or four from the community who wanted to do something different that night, who didn't just want to go to a trunk or treat or any of those things. So I had zero students from the community, which means that the students, my students, did not invite anybody brand new. And I had zero students from my end of the marketing part where I was reaching out, uh, beyond our youth ministry and beyond our church, uh, to our community, to parents who were looking for something a little different than just going to a, a trunk or treat. And the third reason I consider my event a failure is that I spent more money than I would have liked to. Now, this is not a thousand dollars. This is not losing, you know, an exorbitant amount of money, but for me, I spent more money than I would have liked to. So where did I fail? And that's, that's where I have to take that accountability and responsibility on my shoulders and where you should take accountability as part of this audit. You have to then decide what is my role? What is my responsibility? So number one, where did I fail? I put too much stock in our students' ability to invite others. I thought, okay, so they have some ownership here. They've helped develop the games. They've helped uh, do a lot of the buy-in, which I still believe in. I don't think this is, this is not the, uh, uh, the the entire reason why something happened it's like, well you shouldn't trust your students. Well, that's not true. I think I can still trust my students. I still think I'm in the early stages of trust with these students. and I think we move forward together. But I did put too much stock in uh, our students' ability to invite others. I was also counting on, you know, the extra students that were kind of on the peripheral that I thought who have come to big events in the past uh, when we were doing something and they would participate that way. And so I was kind of, I made some assumptions I shouldn't have made. And like I said earlier, I part of my failure was that I overpaid on food. And the reason I, I did that, I didn't go with traditional pizza. I thought, well, I'm gonna get, uh, I'm gonna get some chicken fingers. And of course that's gonna be uh, a lot more expensive. Uh, So I overpaid for food. I, in my estimation, made the prize too valuable for best costume. I did $50 for best costume when I probably should have settled and just said $25. So I make a note of that. And finally, I did not consider that some students would bail to go to other Halloween events. I did not just put that into the factoring mix that the Wednesday before Halloween, that these students were not going to come to the event that we had planned but they were going to bail and go to another church or go somewhere else uh, for a chunk of treat or for whatever's going on. Or maybe they just didn't you know, go to anything. But I think uh, other events and other things uh, were a factor in that as well. The third part here of putting failure in context is the question, where did my students fail? And I say my students didn't fail. I take responsibility. I didn't train them well enough. I didn't. I didn't pour into them enough. I didn't Express urgency enough. I kind of left them to their own, um, not desires, but to their own inclinations as to say, listen, some of you guys have been in church for a while. You know that inviting people to church is a good thing. This is a great opportunity for you to do that. I've expressed that. But I don't put blame. On students because an event fails. I put the blame on me because I didn't do certain things or I planned too much or I had different expectations, which is what we all have. We have to own those things. And it's very easy to point our fingers at students and say, well, look what they didn't do. And I think that's dangerous ground because it creates this kind of oppositional uh, dynamic where now it's us against the youth ministry. It's us against our own students because, uh, because we, we see them as limiting us. And so in doing that, we, we can become uh, angry or bitter disappointed and all those things. I think you have to own that very quickly and say, listen, I'm not going to put blame on my students. I'm going to put the blame on me because I should have done better. I should have known. I should have uh, prepared better myself. Now, the last part of putting your failure in context is this, is you have to say, why was this event not a failure? In other words, you, you can't just put the label failure on it and say, well, it was a complete failure. Like I said earlier, nothing is a complete failure if you learn from it. So I would say there's two things, at least why my event was not a failure. Number one, I consider things like this, a stress test, right? That's where you, where you have uh, provided an opportunity to your students to step up. And when they don't step up or they don't, uh, you know, do some of the things that you've, you've hopefully done your best. And what I did my best to do was to inspire them that this could be a great event for somebody, you know, who could come to this and be a part, uh, and all the things with that. Uh, but, uh, for me, Uh, this year, especially is a a stress test. And I think that's what all new youth pastors are doing that first year. It's a stress test. You're saying, okay, how much, how much can this youth ministry take? How much can it step up? How strong is it? What is the inner desire for it to succeed? Do students really want to build a a youth ministry? Do they really want more students here? And I think you're um, in doing this event, you know, I tested some of that and I, found out some information. I got some good data. And so the second part of this is I know this teaches me what I need to teach or preach on going forward, because there are maybe some things that these students don't understand from a theological perspective on the importance of the difference between evangelism. This is something I I wrote down the other day that they need to know the difference between evangelism and outreach. You know, what what they do individually is evangelism. What we do as a group is outreach. So I have to be able to show them the responsibility they have to share the gospel. And then our responsibility as a whole, an opportunity for us that when we do an event, that is an outreach so that the gospel can be preached or that the uh, that the goal of the event, whether it's building community or people coming to church can see a different um, idea of who God is uh, through the message or through whatever the event may be. And so this communicates to me that I need to uh, do a better job of communicating what evangelism is and what is outreach. So let me ask you, have you suffered a failure recently? So if you have, then taking the sting out of your failure, overcoming, part of overcoming your fear of failure is by putting your failure in a proper context. So ask yourself a few questions here. Have you ever tried this event before? What was your planning like? Did you plan effectively? How well did you prepare your students? Where, where were their circumstances that were beyond your control? And have you taken responsibility for the failure as a whole? I think you can overcome your fear of failure. You can move forward and try new things if you are asking these key questions, because they're 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 going to help you realize that uh, there are reasons. And there are excuses and in this this audit that we do this uh putting uh, failure in context will allow you to be able to say okay so here's what i'm responsible for everything here are my reasons and here are our excuses it exposes the excuses we make right when we ask that question We, you know, where, where are my things at? And if we're making excuses for it, well, then that shows something about us. We can grow there where we quit making excuses and we say, all right, we need to be responsible for the whole deal. We can't point fingers. We, the the finger we need to point is at us. Now, listen, this will not be the last time I fail in an event. At least I I hope not. And I also be honest with that. I hope that you continue to fail because if you're not failing, you're not trying. You're not growing. You're you're not uh, you're not attempting things. You're you're not pushing forward to try some things that uh, that maybe is going to be the key to either growing your youth ministry or offering better discipleship or building better community. So if you're trying new things, failure is going to be a part of that, but it doesn't have to sting. It doesn't have to be a punch to the gut all the time. I think if you ask the good questions, if you put it in context, well, then you're going to discover some things about yourself and about your youth ministry that is going to help you. So remember the great basketball coach, John Wooden once said, success is never final. Failure is never fatal. It's courage that counts. So be courageous, keep trying, keep believing. And that's it for today, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I hope that it brought you a great amount of value. I hope that you'll consider looking into the two resources that I mentioned earlier, which is my monthly mentor, where you're going to hear things, breakdowns, just like I broke down to you today. You're going to hear breakdowns like this and things get real And we talk about the real things. And also don't forget my youth ministry playbook that if you would like a system and articles and the tools you need to be a better planner, well, then these are going to help you. This book's going to help you do exactly that. So you can build a successful youth ministry. So that is it for today, guys. And do not forget that if you, if nobody's told you lately that you're doing a great job, well, let me tell you, you're doing a great job and you're only going to get better. I'll catch you guys